Welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Sabine, the Purpose Lawyer. Thank you for listening and thank you for helping me be on purpose. All right, guys. Thank you for being here again. It's always a pleasure for me, of course. Um, And today I wanted to sort of talk to you guys about some things that I hear people getting confused about and some misdirection that's going on out there. So which I could be a little bit guilty of myself. I'd be the first to admit it. The thing is that there's a lot of language used about trust and how you should have a trust in particular states and how um, you can protect yourself from liability and you can remove you know, your identity from your assets and all that good stuff. And so all this stuff is really sexy and it's really to get people excited about planning and interested in planning. But it also is a little bit of a misconception because it makes people think that they need all this stuff right out the gate and or that all of these particular things that are talked about are relevant for everyone, which are not always relevant for everyone, right? So I wanted to sort of ease some angst. So if you're one of those people out there who feel like, oh my God, I need to have this, I need to have that, I'm not doing the, I'm not doing everything I need to do. Please understand and get don't get me wrong when I say baby steps, right? There's level to this. And when I say there's levels to this, it's not in an insulting or demeaning or condescending way. It just means that, you know, maybe your first car is not a Rolls Royce, right? Maybe you start with you know, a domestic car, right? Maybe you start there and sort of work your way up. Maybe your first car is not the Tesla. It's fine. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. My first car was a Nissan Sentra and I hated it, but it was my first and it got me to my next car and then my next car and then my next car, right? We're not talking about cars. We're talking about protecting your assets, building what you have, protecting it all along the way, and allowing your estate to grow with you as you grow and as your assets grow, as your legacy grows, right? The whole point of this podcast, of my existence, is to really like open people's eyes to the, you know, what's out there, um, that there is more to do than what we have historically been doing there's more to know, but then that you incorporate it into your plan, your long-term plan, and then you implement along the way. My other goal is to make sure that you're having these conversations and that you are being the catalyst within your family, your circle, your inner circle, your outer circle, whatever, whomever you know, that you can share this information with to be like, okay, um, I heard you talk about this and I, I know that there are some things that you need to be doing. You should probably look into this. Right. So this that's the goal, not to really like get you overly excited, not for clickbait, you know, all the things. So I'm going to go through some of the questions that I hear people ask and or the things that they think that they need. But um, I want to sort of explain why you may not necessarily need that. Right. So one of the questions that I get asked is, should I have a trust in particular states like Wyoming or Delaware or Nevada? So these type of states allow you a little bit more privacy when it comes to creating your trust. Um, when it comes to protecting your assets, they allow you a little bit more privacy because of the things that they don't 
yet you're not required to disclose when you're creating a trust or you're creating a business entity. Now, that is all good, good and well. For some people, it's necessary, right? For some people who have either a lot of assets or a lot of risk, a lot of liability, they want to they want to go this route to really protect themselves, to add on these different layers of protection. So that means adding business entities, adding trusts, um, having a, a third-party trustee, meaning not yourself, your name is nowhere attached to any of these documents or any of these levels, right? Now, the thing about that is that it does add more complexity to your estate. And it does, with complexity, right, comes cost because you need to, in order for you to not be the face or be the person who is attached to these assets, you have to have someone else, right? Maybe it's gonna be an, a, a, a professional trustee or a trustee company or another individual who's gonna be the trustee of your trust and or be the name on your business, right? If that is the case, then there are gonna be costs with having third parties involved in your plan. And not only that, when you have an out-of-state trust um, owning local assets, you may be now creating a situation where you have taxable assets in one state and taxable assets in another state, and then those taxes layer on each other, right? Now, for somebody who has a situation where liability is an issue, so they are in a real estate business maybe, they are susceptible to being sued or the business that they do is particularly risky and they're susceptible of being sued, <laughs> having trouble with that word. Um, any of these situations where it's like high risk, super high risk, and or you really have a reason to be anonymous, like say you're a celebrity, you, don't, you need that anonymity, you need these extra layers. Um, you don't want someone to really know like what you own and things like that. Like, Celebrities have situations all the time. People find out what they own and then they don't have their, their privacy anymore. So there are reasons why people need to have these sort of protections. Now, if you don't fall into those categories, then you may not want to add these complexities to your estate and add these costs to your estate, right? So I typically say like if you're cost motivated in your planning, if you're cost conscious, where you wanna make sure that you're keeping the cost down, then that maybe not not be the route for you. But if money's not an issue and your your main goal is protection and or anonymity, then that may be a reason why you want to go that route, right? So like I tell you, these type of things are not one size fits all. It depends on your particular circumstance. So that's why it may not be necessary for you to have an out-of-state trust to add on these all all these other individuals that you might need, these other addresses you might need. Um, you might need to have some sort of presence within that uh, state. It depends on the scenario, but does it make sense to add all these complexities to what you have if you're not concerned about the issue, underlying issues that these protections would warrant? I hope that made sense. So that's, that's talking about out-of-state trust, if you should have a trust in a state, in one of those particular states. But even further, should I have a trust in a state where I don't reside? So now if you live somewhere and then you decide that you wanna move, like say you live in Texas, you decide that you wanna move to Florida and you are in a situation where you 
want to leave your you had a trust in texas and you want to leave your texas trust in place but you want to now live in florida now it may not make sense to have your trust in a different state again because you're going to need a local trustee now if your trust is already irrevocable which means you're not going to be able to make changes to it you do need to have a trustee that is not yourself and so it may make sense to do it that way, right? But it also might not make sense to have the different tax issues that might go along with having your trust in a state that you don't reside in. It's it's not that there's something wrong with it, but does it make the most sense for you? So the whole picture that I'm painting here is based on my scenario and my circumstances, does it make sense for me to have my plan structured this way? It might make sense for someone else, but does it make sense for me? That's what we should be looking at, right? Again, another question that I get a lot is, you know, how much does it cost to get a trust? And I actually had the opportunity to talk about this um, recently, and I felt like I gave a great answer <laughs> because I remembered it um, afterwards, and I was like, wow, that's a really good way to put it. So if your motivation is how much does this cost, if that's your first question, how much does this cost, then I know that maybe you're looking to get a plan that may be too big for your bridges, right? I'm not saying just because you're cost conscious that that's the situation, but if that's your first question, then you might be moving with the wrong motivations, right? Your first question should be, what do I need to put in place to best protect my assets from where I am? And then once I know what do I need to put in place to best protect my assets from where I am, to meet my goals, to preserve my legacy, then I wanna know, okay, how much is that gonna cost me, right? So really just, you wanna make sure that you're looking at the right things that you need so that you can get to where you need to get to. And like I said, these things are building blocks. You can start with the most basic document, your healthcare proxy power of attorney, then you can have a will when you need a will, then you have a trust when you need a trust. You know, if it's going to further, you achieving your goal and you achieving your overall legacy, right? So think about that. Think about what you're motivated by. Because when I sit down with clients, and I would hope that most attorneys do this, when they sit down with clients, you're looking at what is it actually going to save you in the long run by putting these protections and these vehicles in place to pass on generational wealth and or preserve your wealth. What is it going to save you to put these vehicles in place versus what it's going to cost your estate later on? And that's the motivation with putting uh, planning documents in place. That's the motivation with tax planning. All of it is planning now to save you later. That's why we pay for insurance too, right? People pay for insurance now because they want to make sure if something happens later, they save themselves a ton of money. Same concept. It's a type of insurance right to make sure that you get what you want to get later if something were unexpected were to happen and it's not even really unexpected we know someday we're all gonna go unfortunately um but we're doing you know these type of things we're thinking about these things we're wanting to understand we're wanting to learn we're educating ourselves about these things because we want to make sure that one day when you know that you're actually moving toward putting the right vehicles in place so that you're, you and your family are protected. The next thing that, and this is, this is gonna be the last point that I make with regards to um, trust. So people think, or they, they 
I, I don't know where the information is coming from, but um, some people are of the thought or belief, that's the word. Some people are of the belief that having a trust will save you taxes. And I think it's because there are certain types of trust and there are certain strategies that help you minimize your estate tax burden. So what does that mean? So that means that um, the federal government has an exemption for estate taxes. If you pass away currently, now until 2026, with less than 12.6 million, you will, your family, your estate will not pay an estate tax, right, on the federal level. The states differ, uh, vary from state to state, what the amount of the exemption they allow or what have you. So your estate could potentially end up paying one or two levels of estate tax. Now certain trusts, particularly they fall under the irrevocable category, will allow you to plan and preserve or reduce the amount of assets that are in your estate so that you can minimize the amount of taxes, estate tax that you pay, because it could be it could be up to a 40% tax. So you want to sort of plan around that. And so because there are these different types of trusts that allow for you know tax savings if you need that type of trust because you're faced with this sort of a challenge, then that yes, it does save you taxes, but not in the way that people think. So I think sometimes there's a misconception that similar to how business entities can save you on taxes based upon, you know, what you are doing within the business entity and how you are, you know, presenting your your expenses and, you know, everything that's going on in your business, depending on how you're presenting that, there could be some tax savings, right? But with the trust, it's not really the same thing as it pertains to income tax. Um, revocable trusts, they really go according to your own financial makeup because it's still part of your estate. And then your irrevocable trust has its own tax rate, which could be just about 37%, but it depends. I'm not a tax professional, so I don't want to give you tax advice, but I just want you to be mindful that that's not necessarily a motivator or that's not necessarily a feature or benefit of having a trust is that it saves you on taxes. It depends. If you have a tax issue, they can certain types of trust can be used to alleviate that burden, but it's not necessarily that your everyday person who is not part of the 1% or the, the, the I don't want to say ultra wealthy, but the wealthy, um, if you're not part of that category where you're faced with a tax issue, an estate tax issue, then you may not need to do that type of planning that helps you to avoid it, is what I'm trying to say. I say that to say. Um, so I hope this was helpful for you. So we talked about, you know, having out-of-state trust, being in the state where you where your trust is created, what does that look like for you, um, thinking about your motivations for planning, not just about cost or dollar amount, because you could buy something real cheap, but it doesn't mean that it's going to meet your goal. And that's what I really want you to get out of that, right? It's not about that. It's about looking for what's going to help you meet your goals and then implementing those things along the way um, slowly but surely as it's needed. And then the tax benefits or burdens of trust. So I hope this was helpful to you. And if you have these concerns, these questions, or you think you might need some level of planning that is right for you at the moment, 
please feel free to reach out to me. Um, my firm is The Ambitious Legacy Firm. As you can see, I'll have the information in the show notes where you can get in contact with us and we'll be happy to kind of talk to you and see if we can help you with your issue. And if we cannot, we'll be happy to refer you to someone in our network and so that you can really <laughs> reach your goals and get what you're looking to get. Um, not what you're looking to get, what you need, right? All right. So thank you for listening and I will see you next time.